Coming up, Chris Paul, Warriors. That's next. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Monopoly Go. It's halftime and the scoreboard's not looking good. You're not sure you can pull out a win? That's when you say to yourself, it's time to get back in the game. Pull off some bank heists and take as much of my friend's money as I possibly can. That's right. The hit mobile game, Monopoly Go, lets you compete with your friends to be the biggest tycoon ever. I might do this with my high school friends. We used to play Monopoly all the time. It's the Monopoly you love, but on your phone anytime with tons of new twists, including leaderboards to compare your progress. There's so much to do. Play on countless dynamic Monopoly boards. Make your friends bankrupt by smashing their landmarks with a wrecking ball. Charge other players rent for your iconic properties. Maybe you'll even play against me. I'm great at Monopoly. You could even work with your friends to crack open community chests and in tournaments to get extra rewards. Get back out there. Put on your game face. Download Monopoly Go. Now free on the App Store or Google Play. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. We can find The Mismatch with Kevin O'Connor. You can find The Ringer NBA Draft Show with Kevin O'Connor. You can find Kevin O'Connor on part one of this podcast that we did late, late last night after Marcus Smart got traded to Memphis, Porzingis to the Celtics, Tyus Jones to the Wizards. If you missed that, go check it out. This is part two of Draft-a-Palooza. Um, who knows how many parts we're going to have? We're going to do this one. It's a quickie. It's about the Chris Paul trade to the Warriors later tonight after pick 25. I'm so excited the Celtics have a pick, KOC. Uh, we're going to have at least that. So this will be either a three or a four part day. We'll see. Let's bring in Pearl Jam. All right, KOC, Priscilla and I talked about this trade on, I think, Sunday night's podcast or maybe a week before about uh, Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. Could Chris Paul work on the Warriors? And I was pro. Priscilla was against. He thought too much movement. Um, Chris is a, you know, a pick and roll guy. He's a little more old school. How does he fit in? And somehow the trade ended up happening. I think I willed it to happen. I think I have now have the power to make fake trades on this podcast. <laughs> To actually transform them into real life. I'm very excited about Trade myself. Machine Picasso coming to life. It's, it's, people are listening. Uh, in all seriousness, what'd you think? For the Warriors, I view it uh, in two different ways. Chris Paul raises the collective IQ of the team. I mean, like going from Jordan Poole to Chris Paul, it's an upgrade in that sense, providing more playmaking in ways that Jordan Poole couldn't provide off the bench behind Stephen yeah. Curry. And I think it's also insurance for Draymond Green. If Draymond were to leave, in some type of sign-and-trade scenario to Dallas or Phoenix or whoever it might be, for the Warriors, you could have Chris Paul kind of absorbing that you know, guy who's bringing the ball up the floor more often. Granted, like they're different types of players. They're different sizes. They're not anywhere in the same universe on defense. But offensively, I think you could see Paul more in that Draymond role. However, I'd expect Draymond to be back. 
Um, and then they'll go, those guys are going to have to learn how to operate together, which leads to those Russillo concerns. Yeah. Now, like, how does Chris Paul adapt? Does Steve Kerr adapt the offense, or are we going to see Chris Paul taking more spot-up threes than he ever had has in his entire career? Is he going to adapt as a mover without the ball? Um, those are questions that um, I, I think are, are going to come after we find out about Draymond, but I, I'm intrigued overall for Golden State. It's an upgrade. One thing about Chris Paul, way more malleable than you would think. If you look back at his career history, this is now another trade for him. I think this is the sixth time he's been traded. That's all, but, that's amazing for a Hall of Fame. And not counting the crazy Laker trade, right? The, with uh, Gasol and Lamar Odom and all that it, stuff that happened. Is that where, the most times a, a I mean, future Hall of Famer has been traded in their career? I mean, it's got to be up there. I'd have, yeah. That's a good one to research. Yeah. Six is pretty high. That's a I mean, lot. You're talking about, you know, even like guys like Bob McAdoo who got basically released by the Nets. I don't even think he got traded six mm. times. Um, but one thing with Chris, so you get through the New Orleans stretch of his career, the Lakers trade almost up. Then he goes to the Clippers and it's, you know, pick and roll with him and Blake and him and DeAndre. But then he has that weird Houston stretch, yep. right, where mm -hmm. he's playing – Kind of dueling banjoes a little bit with Hardem, but he's off the ball way more than we ever thought. And that team won 65 games. It kind of worked to some degree. Then he goes to OKC, and they have at basically their crunch time lineup was him with Schroeder and SGA. And we're like, whoa, this and, is weird. And that's what you're going to be looking at if you're the Warriors saying, okay, we can make this right. work. Right. So then he goes um, to Phoenix. He's back to a more traditional role. Then all of a sudden, KD shows up, and now he's a little off the ball more. So I, I think he's more malleable than maybe he gets credit for. The reason I liked it is just you need him for four months. You need him in March, April, May, yeah. June. I don't even care about the first part of the season. They have plenty of rookies and people. But we haven't seen a lot of guys, a lot of like point guard initiator people with Curry basically his whole mm. career. Monte Ellis wasn't like that. Um, Livingston was, but Livingston, they caught him at a different point of his career. And that Iguodala was really important that he could do stuff where he could initiate the thing. They could run plays through him. And then Draymond, obviously. Other than that, like Poole, always to me was like a shoot first guard who if he had the ball over midcourt, it might be going up. I don't feel like he made like Curry better. CP might actually make Curry a little bit better. That's going to be so fascinating to watch, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited there. Like, I think that's what they hoped Jordan Poole would be able to develop, and he just never did. But now with Chris Paul, like, you have a guy who, like, yeah, I mean, I think Ryan's right that he's going to have to adapt more than ever, like more than he did with Oklahoma City Thunder with this type of system for the Warriors. But it is going to be fascinating to see just how Steve Kerr utilizes Chris Paul on this offense because he he is somebody that, like, he likes to slow it down, and for the Warriors, they like to play quicker. They like to pay, play faster. But the fact they have now this tool that they can turn to and say, we can play any way we want to with yeah. Chris Paul. I think that type of flexibility that they're going to have on offense, it does you know, add a new wrinkle for Stephen Curry as well, where you have this magnificent playmaker who can find you exactly where you want it with the ball. Granted, you know, like for Steph, his his like his bullseye is wide, right? Like you yeah. don't need to give him a perfect pass for him to have a high percentage shot. So but I just think for Chris Paul in this role, it, I think I think for him it's gonna also raise questions about Draymond, though, assuming he's back. Because now you're in a position where Draymond once had to have the ball in his hands less when Kevin Durant was added. KD was more of a mover off ball, more of a scorer off ball. You can use him off pin down screens. A mini isolation guy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And now with Chris Paul, he's he's not going to be moving that much, I don't think. So is he going to be playing even fewer minutes? Maybe Chris Paul is a 25-minute guy. 
That's always possible. How about too. twenty? It could be a I twenty mean, minute guy. He's and, in the 05 draft. And, like, and maybe that's what you want from him. Yeah, is you get more out of Chris Paul, and, and he's not playing as many minutes. So I, I, I don't know what Steve Kerr is going to do, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a really fascinating deal. Like I don't think we could have ever, you know, imagined Chris Paul going from hated, you know, Warriors rival to. Oh now, yeah. Now, like, oh, we got to talk about all that <laughs> stuff. Um, quickly on the basketball side of things. It's clear that they had this chasm between the adults and the guys who had already won oh, and yeah. then the young kids who were ready to play. And I, I think they really underestimated what kind of chasm that would be where you have guys, not just Poole, but Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman before they traded them. Guys who were like, I'm young. I want to play basketball. And I'm, I'm psyched that we won the title last year, but that was last year. Now am I going to get to play? In my sense you know, with it feeling around the situation from the Warriors side was like, we need more adults. We need hoops IQ people. Yeah. So Wiseman goes, why does Wiseman go? Even though everyone agrees there's a lot of talent because it's like hoops IQ, hoops IQ is a little low, right? They bring in Peyton, somebody who fits in. Chris, from a hoops IQ standpoint, now you have him, you have Draymond, you have Clay, you have Looney, you have Peyton, you have Curry. Smart team seven guys yeah. now it's like can can you work in the fringes and get one more veteran free agent and now you're kind of back to your identity of the hoops iq team i think chris one of the things i was thinking was like his signature shot that little you know sent me a pick i'm gonna wear all of a sudden i'm at the foul on top yeah, of the key and that i hit little that little pole, thing yeah it's a little easier to get that one off when curry and clay <laughs> are doing circles and mm -hmm. the defense is so terrified of where curry's going and now i have all this space like that was one thing with that team that's that space around the foul line was always wide open, right? That was where they just gave Draymond basically like, Hey man, knock yourself out. Yes. We're going to give you whatever you want. I don't think you can do that with Chris. Cause that's his area. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's why I like, I think there could be overlap with Draymond. Like Dray, Draymond's mm. going to have to now take a backseat as well. Cause of Chris Paul's better in those situations where he gets the ball in that area of the floor. He is such a much more dynamic threat still to pass but also to handle and pull up and make a defense pay with a shot that he hits, you know, 45 plus percent or even with the wide open, you know, for that it could be 50 plus percent this coming season. He's yeah. had years like that. So I, I think with them, you're going to see Chris Paul in that Draymond type of role. And then it's on Draymond to adapt probably more so than Chris Paul. Uh, in actuality. and oh, Jesus, and, that'll go great. I'm just looking up his minutes as you're talking. Keep if, going. If Draymond returns, though, I mean, I think, I think with them, like the Warriors – are going to have to pay. I think there are going to be teams that offer a lot in sign-and-trades. Well, the pool being out of this, I think, pay him solves more. one piece yes, of this. for sure. Now because it was Chris clear. Paul expiring. It was clear that couldn't come back. I yep. was I was just extremely dubious that both of those guys were coming back again. Uh, absolutely. And and now that the fact that Pool and Draymond are broken up, you can feel better about it, it, Chris Paul being on an expiring deal. If you pay Draymond Green and you just let go Chris Paul go next year, or you sign him on a value contract, you know, yeah. to the latter stage of his career, then it makes much more sense financially for you than with Jordan Poole being part of that equation. I I wonder, like you mentioned though, how like that kind of you know the friction between the young guys and the older guys are they done though? Like could Kaminga and nineteen still be packaged together? As oh, we I talk now this afternoon. I don't think they're done. And if yeah. Curry would never come public anything with him. Yeah. Same with Kerr. But I think there was a window that I think everybody in that organization feels like they lost a year last year. Mm -hmm. Could they have beaten Denver? I don't know. I think Denver Maybe. beats everybody last year. Yeah. But if you're them, it's like we have Curry. He's this transcendent guy. And 
you know, we didn't put a good enough team around him. And better than ever, really. Chris Paul in 2015 was 35 minutes a game. And that dropped to basically the 32 range, incredibly, for the rest of his career. Even the last two Phoenix years, he was 32.9 and 32. And it felt like each year it was the car. really started with Houston in 2018. They put a lot of miles on him, especially in the playoffs. And he finally broke down at the worst possible time in the Warriors series. If he's playing, you know, let's say he plays 60 games and he's playing 22 minutes a game in the regular season. And you're just like, hey, Chris, you're going to come in with three minutes left in the first quarter. Give us nine to 10 minutes. Same thing in the fourth quarter, nine to 10 minutes. Probably not going to play with Steph that much unless there's crunch time situations for us. You're going to run our second offense. And we just want to get you to the spring. That's he fucking his lottery if that happens. Mm-hmm. If I'm him, I don't want to play. What are, what are, like what records is he going for? You know, like maybe there's like some assist stuff he can climb, but for the most part, this guy just wants to win the title. He hasn't even been in the finals. Yeah, I, I think for Chris Paul, that's probably a, a blessing to go to the Warriors in that sense. That's how right? I feel. He's yeah. playing with a bunch of smart dudes. Mm-hmm. He's with Curry, you know that a guy that he's battled over the years. But you're still, you know, if you look at over the years with Chris, like he was with Blake. In, uh, in those Clipper years where Blake, there was a stretch there where he was one of the best five players in the league, right? So he had that. He had James Harden. He got to play with when James was at his MVP apex. 35 points per game guy. Right. Elite efficiency. He got to play with Booker and Durant. He got to play with a young Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, you know, he's had a way of floating around. There's still like this amazing what if with his career though where if that Lakers deal just goes through <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's with it's basically like Kobe and um, I don't even remember who else was on that team, but it, it was Kobe starting to hit a different point of his career. I actually think it was good that that deal didn't happen for Chris. You know, maybe it wasn't good for the Lakers, but um, he goes to the Clippers and came really close a bunch of times. Now he's on a team that I would say, what him, second or third? Well, Denver's one. Phoenix is two. I bet. Can you put Phoenix two? And we don't I mean, know who's well, on we their don't, team. We don't know what their roster is going to look like yet. I, I think. I think we could put the Warriors in it too now. Um, I think that's but, fair. The other team. I think the maybe they're two A and the Lakers are two B because we don't know who the Lakers are getting. Like they're like right now we're taping this. It is two o five. Well, where where do the where do the Lakers stack up in this as well? The Kings, well, so th- do you want? Should we give the Kings more respect in year in year two? Well, then, but they're kinda, losing. We don't know if Barnes is coming back. With the Lakers, we're taping this a couple hours before the draft. We don't know if they're going to take 17 and package up. So, yeah, I think Kings are in there, and then Grizzlies probably have one more move to make too, but they're going to be really dinged by the Jaws suspension. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like we saw in the standings this past season, like if they're, you know, a few games worse because of the 25 games without Jaws, that means they're in the play-in conversation potentially rather than, you know, home court advantage. So it's Denver unquestionably won. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And then that two spot between Phoenix and Golden State and the Lakers and maybe Sacramento, depending what they do. And then who knows with Memphis. But the Clippers, do they deserve that respect at all? No, I just throwing them out there. No respect. And <laughs> I, I might spit on the table. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. All right, come back. Tate Frazier joined us. He'll oh, be yeah. on the uh, little draft pod we're doing tonight. What was your immediate reaction to Chris Paul? 
You've always liked Chris Paul. Yeah, North Carolina guy, Wake Forest guy. Um, you know, his book is selling right now. This is not a promo for his book, but the story <laughs> of uh, 61, the points that he scored for his grandpa. One of the greatest, like, North Carolina basketball stories around. And uh, I think this is a tale as old as time. If you can't beat him, join him. So there you go. Well, unfortunately for you, he's joining Steph Curry. Yeah. Your dream in life was the Steph Curry thing to just completely flame out. We're just kicking the can down the road. Steph Curry at 40 comes home to the Hornets. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And we don't know because the, the, the draft odds, by the time people hear this, we'll probably know who's going number two. But the mm -hmm. draft odds with Scoot, mm -hmm. one of the craziest things we've ever seen. He's plus 160 this weekend. It starts shifting. All of a sudden, he's favored. Then Woj does a tweet, I think two days ago. Boom, it flips again. Miller's like minus 400. Then today, all of a sudden, Scoot's minus 400. Mm. And listen, you, and we'll talk about this more tonight, but I just think you have to take Scoot. I think he has the most value. But it made me think like long term, is that your Curry trade? Mm, maybe. Good, if the Warriors rebuild... Curry goes I feel home. like LaMelo is smiling. LaMelo <laughs> for Curry is the trade, right? I mean, you can't, the Warriors can't do that, though, because they passed on LaMelo. <laughs> they can never admit defeat. They right their wrongs. So that's the what it is. Thing. Um, let's talk about uh, the Washington piece of this quick. Jordan Poole to the Wizards. Tyus Jones yesterday to the Wizards. Kuzma, do we think he comes back? There's a chance. If he What's the market for him? Uh, I, I don't think it's as strong as that report saying he hopes for 30 plus million per year. It's not that strong. No. Uh, so it's a matter of like, I think, so for some of these teams that have cap space, like Utah, San Antonio, Houston, it, it, people around the league are wondering who's going to make the Austin Reeves offer sheet, who's going to make the Kyle Kuzma offer. And and so far, it seems like I'm we not have Reeves over Kuzma, right? I'm not hearing a lot about Reeves right now. Uh, that's pretty quiet. So unless a team comes out of nowhere with an offer there, maybe Kuzma's the guy they go for. Reeves is like four years younger, though. And, and that's the thing I'm confused about because Kuzma's in his late 20s. Maybe teams feel like the Lakers are just matching anything. Why do I want to waste my time they on do. July 1st? They're just going to match it. That is part. I go the other way, Tate, because I'm mm -hmm. a spiteful guy. Yeah. $105 million offer. Yeah, the way, if <laughs> Match I'm, it. If I'm a Western <laughs> contender, I'm like, hey, man. Yeah. Matching or not, like I want to like wound the Lakers, make pay ninety nine million for do what the Reeves. Pacers did right with Aiton last year. Give him the offer, and that right. was one of the first times they've given given a restricted free agent that kind of offer. And they said, okay, if you want him, pay for him. And he actually mm -hmm. got a favor from the Pacers. We talk, Russell and I talk about this all the time because we're just naturally opposed on this topic. Because he says, no, you got to do favor. <laughs> he's like, I and he's right. He's, and I'm sure you've heard the same KOC where teams are like, no, you gotta you gotta play the game. You gotta do right by the agents. I just don't feel like it ever gets paid back if you're the team. It never does get paid you go, back. You go to the agent like, hey, man, remember two years ago? And, and it's like, yeah, fuck you. Pay me more money. When does it ever get paid it, back? So I don't, I would just always be in like competitive fuck everybody else over mode. And the Austin Reeves thing is a perfect example. If I had the cat, if I'm Sacramento, I was like, fuck it. San Antonio, right? Yeah, Spurs, Houston. San Antonio. The Spurs are the team that I think about most. And he'd be yeah. good on San Antonio. Oh, it'd be perfect. Pair him with Wimby and Devin Vassell, Kelvin yeah. Johnson. Like I'd love Austin Reeves on the Spurs. Well, if I had said anyone else with the Wizards was running the Wizards, I would say they're going to fucking pay him 125 for three <laughs> or so, you know, some, and then House will complain about it. But this new regime actually seems to be approaching this correctly the way we would if we were running a team where it's like, yeah, we're not good. Let's suck this year. Let's try to get assets from other teams. Let's take bad contracts. You know, keep them coming this way. I think that, I don't think they'll, 
overpay Kuzman's my point. I don't think they'll overpay him. I mean, maybe they sign him to like a fair value deal, like a three over 80, something along those lines. Or like um, a 370 where it's like 25, yeah. 22, and then the declining 20, deal. something like that. Maybe yeah. there's a non-guarantee on the third or the fourth year, yeah. something along those lines. I think for Washington, that's one of the reasons why they wanted that Landry Shamit contract. Mm. Because there's the team option. It's a flexible piece that they could deal in any type of situation. It right. could be taking on big money contracts. It could be in a deal where they're giving up more assets to get a good quality player for a team that doesn't want to take on money. So if Kuzma has that on his back end, I'd expect them to kind of kind of target deals like that. Maybe if they re-sign Tyus Jones after the season, it could be a similar type of situation. Or they trade him in February. That could happen too because mm. he's going to be a sought-after point guard. They're like Jordan Poole, last year your teammate punched it in the face. This year, 25 shots a game. Knock he, yourself he's out. He's going to win most We don't care player. about wins or losses. <laughs> he, he's literally already unfollowed Draymond. I mean, literally, as soon that as that, that happened, yeah, that was already reported. I guess people were already looking at his follows. He says, I'm out of here. I, uh, wow. I'm not following this Already. Guy, so, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> wow. It's so funny. Someone punches you in the face. I mean, it's a fair, it's a fair move. <laughs> it's quite, so funny when this stuff happens. And I, I remember for me, like, especially in the podcast, because it's different than writing, because mm-hmm. you can, there's a little more nuance that you can describe stuff. But I remember talking about the Quippers during the Blake CP3 era and just finding out different ways to basically say, yeah, this team doesn't really like each other. And then I would get this huge pushback. Why is he saying that? What's your agenda against the Clippers? And just like third parties. And then the moment it all blew up, everyone was like, yeah, we all hated each other. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like the Durant Draymond thing. It's like, no, no, it's fine. No, no, they worked it out. And then right after it happens, KD's on a podcast. It was like, yeah, it was never the same. Mm. It got totally fucked Mm -hmm. up. And the Draymond pool thing is like another example of that, oh, right? Yeah. No, no, it's fine. We're moving past it. It's like, you didn't move past it at all. Mm-hmm. Which like, is fair. You if got you punched punch in the KOC face. right now, we'd be like, man, we got to figure this out. <laughs> it would always be weird between yeah, us. Yeah, it would. Yeah. We, we would get past it. We'd still do our shows. Uh, but know. it was like, ah. Tate goes to grab a water and you're like <laughs> flinching backwards. There's also like the college rivalry part of it too. Michigan, Michigan State. Like there's just a lot of contrasting things there with those two guys. And there's like a finesse versus like a force aspect of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's And also Jordan Poole took his money in Draymond mind he's like you took my contract and now he ships him out and he gets that money you took my contract and then they leaked the video Mm -hmm. and nobody was ever caught did we ever find anything out about that? How it leaked? I've taught. I'm obsessed yeah. with this topic ever since Verno mentioned <laughs> this, is this a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was actually asking a couple different people I knew. I was like, "What are the odds yeah. that a team wouldn't know how that video got out?" And they're like, "Low, mm. just they flat out low." There's only so many people in the room. Wait, Kyle, is your mic on? Oh, forget it. I was gonna ask Kyle. <laughs> well, Kyle, you're the only person. In the room, probably, who's you've been in fights, you've been probably punched. Have you were you able to forgive people who punched you? One guy tried to punch me, my friend Nitz and hit somebody else. I never forgot that. Yeah, so there you go. Kyle you never, never forgot the one yeah. time his friend punched him. Mm-hmm. Um, CP and Curry together. Can we go over the history? Like, the Warriors fans hate CP, yes. And this goes back to the Clippers Warriors series a million years ago. Mm-hmm. When 2015 was the year, yeah. it was like the Clippers finally are going to get over the hump. You know, the the Warriors are going to have to wait for the Clippers, kind of like Michael Jordan and the Bad Boy Pistons. You know, it's like it's still Isaiah's time, it's still Chris Paul's time. We had the and Donald then, Sterling thing happens, right. and then Curry just kind of jumped him in the line. And you know, CP3, no matter what he says, I mean, he went from very friendly, I want to mentor you, to no, we're rivals. Friendly. Yeah, I Doc and I talked about this when he came in the pod a couple weeks ago about how. Chris Paul in game seven, which I went to, just completely manhandled Curry from the moment the the opening tap. 
and the refs kind of had to decide right away what they were calling. And, you know, it's the classic P.J. Tucker move where it's like, ah, well, all Can't right, I let that time. go. And then it's like, well, I let that mm-hmm. go. I'm, yep. And Chris Paul's just like <laughs> clotheslining him and clubbing him. And Curry fought through it. But it was so much fun to watch him go at it. And it did feel like a moment where CP's like, no, I'm the fucking guy. I'm the point guard. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And then over the years, the Warriors beat them every time. And now he's joining the Warriors. Is he going to take shit like KD did? I think probably not. I don't think so. And I think also the Warriors fans probably will fall in love with him because Chris Paul and Stephen Curry have such a, you know, long history with each other that they're going to be so nice to each other now. And I think this is the greatest PR move of Chris Paul's career. I really do. I think going to the Warriors, playing beside, you know, uh, Steph Curry, showing that he can defer to another point guard, also letting Steph Curry kind of evolve and be off the ball and still be a shooting guard at times. It makes them versatile, and we talked about Draymond initiating the offense. Guess who can initiate the offense? CP. Chris Paul. I mean, that that's the interesting part to me. What does Draymond do now that Chris Paul takes away some of that responsibility from him? He's going to have to adapt. I mean, assuming he's back, we just don't know how yet. Like, at Draymond, yeah. is he going to be, you know, corner three-point shooter at 22%? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see that. I know. It's, I, I, it's, I wonder what Steve Kerr is thinking about right now from, Can, from a, a philo- philosophical perspective. How do we make these guys work together, Draymond and CP? It's, for him, it's much easier than making it work with 19 and 20 and 20-year-old 20 guys. <laughs> right. Like he's like, this That's is an true. adult that I can talk to and explain shit to. Because Chris is, you know, he's a little spiteful. He's kind mm-hmm. of a dick, which I think is one of the <laughs> things we love about him. Even after he got traded, he went out of his way very intentionally to mention Isaiah Thomas over and over again, who doesn't work for the Suns. And he's like, I think Ishbi and Isaiah, Ishbi and Isaiah, like all that was <laughs> like purposeful. Said it everywhere, every everywhere. interview. <laughs> every single interview. Yeah, because- Good Morning America too. Like this is national TV. <laughs> this is like your, you know, wives and moms at home are like, oh, Isaiah Thomas is with the Suns. You know, everybody <laughs> yeah. knows. Guess who didn't like Chris Paul? Isaiah Thomas. Sometimes you, know you don't like who you are. You're very similar, right? Isaiah are, Thomas yeah. was the best pure point guard of all time, and I still feel that way. He's still my number one pick. But then mm-hmm. Chris Paul comes in, and it's like, no, Chris Paul's the point guard. He's the best point guard ever. So and was- Isaiah Thomas still competitive. He's probably like 60 at <laughs> so this point. So you think point. the Suns moving him was a little political, too? Well, I think partly political and partly um, let's get our own guys in here. He can't stay healthy. He's broken down. I mean, you could make the case against Chris pretty It's quick. an upgrade. He breaks down every single year. Bradley Beal fits in better. We'll figure out the point guard thing. Um, but the, the reason I mentioned this is because Chris is a little spiteful. At some point, he'll give the interview about Warriors culture, to your point about mm-hmm. embracing Steph. This is what a great organization this is. Mm-hmm. This is the classiest organization. I, you know, I was on New Orleans when we were almost getting sold. He's going to call Lake of Joe. He's going to be like, Joe's Joe, been honest Joe with me is, from day one. I've never had an owner like Joe. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> he He's from, light years ahead. Yeah, he went from that <laughs> oh, crazy God. New Orleans thing. Yeah, light years ahead. <laughs> oh, no. He had Donald Sterling. He had uh, Balmer, who then basically, mm-hmm. uh, he got the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. He had the Fertitta in Houston, that whole situation. OKC, he was barely there. Then goes to Phoenix. He has Sarver. And then Ishbia. I don't know. seems like he kind of blindsided him. So now it goes to where it's like, this is great. Finally, a classy. And then it's like just insulting everybody who's ever played with, which I vote for that, Chris Paul. Is, oh. this, is this his last stop? Probably not. I think he's going to keep going past. Well, how many teams was Jason Kidd on ultimately? Like mm. he was on the Knicks. Was, it, was there a stop after the Knicks? Mm. I mean, he was I mean, he was everywhere. I mean, th- I think there's a world in which Chris Paul ends up back in Charlotte at some point, like uh, on a Tony Parker oh, type that would contract. Be fun. You know what I mean? Uh, where he just yeah, is yeah. close to home. 
just makes it work for one year, maybe two years, maybe tries to mentor a younger guy. The thing that I'm concerned about when it comes to Phoenix is Ishbia, if it is Isaiah, if Chris Paul is right and he's saying Isaiah is involved, this would be like if I worked for Michael Jordan, right? Because it seems like Ishbia grew up a fan of Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. It would be hard for me to not agree with everything Michael Jordan said. I would say, great point, Michael. Let's do right. that, Michael. Are we worried that there might be a little bit of I that? I don't like your idea, Michael. <laughs> yeah, you're not saying that. You're not saying that to your to a guy that you looked up to as an idol as a kid. Yeah, Mike, is, we're just like, where do you want to go to lunch? Michael's like, I'd like sandwiches. Like, great point, per- Michael. Oh, man, I love great. sandwiches. I was just thinking how much I wanted a sandwich. <laughs> but isn't he involved? Like, isn't that... Ishbia? No, no, that Isaiah Thomas is at least a, like a someone that Ishbia talks with and has oh, conversations he's with. That's, that's what, right? I'm, that's what mean, I'm worried about. He is involved. Yeah, like that, right. That's factual it's, that yeah, he's involved. And if he, he's way more than involved. Yeah. And if I he's think Geppetto, he's like a conciliarist. Yes. And if he's Geppetto and he knows that Pinocchio is going to say what he wants him to say yeah. and do what he wants him to do, that's a very powerful spot to be in, especially if it, if Isaiah is his idol, as most people have said he is. Well, I mean, that's fascinating. Isaiah is also... he's. We have proof of him with the Knicks. Like he doesn't care about future. Like he traded two unprotected <laughs> picks for Eddie. Curry. We have more proof right yeah. now with what they're doing. Well, <laughs> we found out today, and we didn't talk about this mm-hmm. the other day because we didn't know. But they announced the official trade, and it was pick swaps with Washington Phoenix for 24, 26, 28, 30. Every year. I assume they were unprotected. So now, not only do they have no picks, but even the picks they have will be the worst version of the picks. It's not going to hurt them next year. They're going to be better than Washington. Might not hurt them in twenty six. But once you get to 28 and 30, so that bill trade, that wasn't just, oh my God, what a hijacking. We stole Chris Paul or we stole Bradley Beal for Chris Paul and whatever. It's like those, those swaps aren't nothing, KOC. Yeah, they're not, they're not nothing, especially in the later years, 28. And like tw- the Celtics 30, did like one for Derek White. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. And now that like with that one. That's Wembenyama in 2028, where it's like, oh my God, he's going to be like the fucking best player in the league in 2028. But, but you're all in right now. I'm all in. You're, right. You're all in. And, I'm not and, four and, swaps and, all in, though. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> like you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and you're But I mean, would you, would you have traded basically eight first round picks plus Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson for Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant? That's insane. Nobody should want to do that. No, I wouldn't have. No. I wouldn't have. But, um, well, you wouldn't do that, right, Tate? Absolutely not. But I, I mean, is it sacrilegious to say that I like what Washington is doing? I really do. No, like, I mean, not at no, all. Of course not. Denny's I think the we're most all in tenured on guy on the team right now, and yeah. I like Denny. And then you bring in Tyus Jones, and let's say hypothetical. I think they're on a first-name basis with him. I mean, he's a star. And, You're like uh, Doris Burke. <laughs> he's like, they've got Denny. They've got Corey. Well, you bring in Anthony. Let's say, for example, you bring in like an Anthony Black. You put him next to a Tyus Jones, who Whoa. can be a primary ball handler at some point in his career, Anthony Black. But he learns from Tyus Jones. He can play off the ball to start his career. I just like the the youth movement of Washington. So, I mean, as much as Phoenix is all in, I like the future of Washington. It, it's complete opposites. Like, Washington yeah. is all in on the youth movement, and Phoenix is all in on competing for right now. So they're not even worried about 28 and 30 with what happens there. I th- I you know think, why? Because they have a new owner who doesn't realize how much it's going to suck in 2028 I mean, but when he has no players left. And Devin Booker's like, it, get me the fuck out of here. It, it is also hard to judge, though, what the Suns are right now without knowing what they're actually going to do this offseason. Right. I mean, it's very difficult to well, assess we know, the roster. We know they don't care about the second apron. Our guy Windhorse no. reported that where he's mm-hmm. just like, if we're going to go over, we might as well like completely obliterate it. What mm-hmm. do we care? The penalty is the same. I don't know if I agree with that logic, but at least it's <laughs> logical. Like, okay, I get it. You might as well like completely annihilate it. So I, I just don't think it's going to work. I mean, I didn't even know some of these things where 
if you're over it three straight years, your first round pick just goes to the bottom. Yeah. So maybe that's why they did the swap. Because mm. if you go over the, whatever, the three straight years, first, <laughs> the Wizards <laughs> like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Forgot about the apron roll. Well, I mean, now you have me wondering, though. I wonder if there's language in there where, like, if another team owns the right to the pick, it doesn't go to the back. They're probably, like, adding that in right yeah, now. I, I, yeah, I right. wonder, because that, that's something I'm, <laughs> like, I'm unsure. Hey, yeah, so, so, so we didn't think about this. Phoenix is zagging. Unbelievable by It's, it's going to be amazing to see what they actually end up doing, though, because they still have DeAndre Ayton. Are yeah. they going to keep him? Or are they going to move him into, like, a oh, group of wings and forwards? Him. So you think, so then they if they move Ayton, that means they go with, like, Jock Landale, bring back Bismack Biombo, go cheap at center. Yeah, but what do they get for Aiton? Like, what's the real value of Da right now? He mm-hmm. had, he struggled last year. He ever since getting the contract, there's been concern about like how much does he actually care effort wise? Is he going to want to prove it in a new organization? Chip on his shoulder. He I, feels I, like I OKC waiting to happen to me. Mm. San Antonio next to Wemby, something like that. Oh, interesting. Not against that. Yeah, that that one. That so that we have the Aiton piece. We don't know what's happening, and then we have this Portland piece today. Mm. that's going to unfold in a couple hours. Um, and we should probably go soon. But uh, you're t- who, do you, who do you want them to take? Just let's go on the record right now. It is now 225. From day one, the Hornets have told everybody, the you know, myself, Kevin O'Connor, that it's Brandon Miller, right? That is going to be the pick. But I think that that was all because they thought they that want Portland, Portland. They want Portland. Yeah, right. Yeah. They want to pull a Danny Ainge where it's like, oh, you guys really love Markel Fultz. Yeah. Well, trade us for him, right? But we actually like this other guy, Jason Tatum. But in this case, I think they love Scoot. I think they will take Scoot. I'll be excited about Scoot. And Scoot fits next to LaMelo. It makes a lot of sense. Like, LaMelo doesn't want to have to do the dirty work of, dirty work of getting downhill. Scoot can do it, right? Scoot can score in the mid-range. Scoot can have pull-up jumpers. And guess what LaMelo can do? Play the two, spot up, hit threes. It makes a lot of sense to me. I don't think either of them are perfect fits with LaMelo because with Brandon Miller, yes, you have the shooting and the spacing and the versatility with two big primary playmakers, but you don't have the guys who get to the basket. But then with Scoot Henderson, you have you know a six foot two guard. You don't have the defense. You have an iffy shooter. We don't know what Scoot's going to actually end up being. Are you downing Scoot's defense, <laughs> big time? Scoot is a fucking Logan Roy alpha dog. <laughs> but he's, he's going to come in and tell everyone to fuck off and still, start throwing <laughs> throwing water around. Did yeah, you see the he, interviews with him? He's. I, I said he was twenty eight. I actually think he's thirty eight. Yeah. What is his deal? You sent that picture to us today. He's got this body that it's like, what the hell is going on? But You're he's, 19. He's still six foot two. Fine. And Lamelo is not. How, how tall is Donovan Mitchell? Either. Is he six yeah, two and a half? Say something like that. But he's also supported by Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Westbrook was six three. Yeah. The best. The best thing know. that I saw about Scoot is that his mom had to bring his birth certificate to his games. That's like such that. A good that story. is Those the best my fact favorite, I've though. ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I heard that fact, and I'm like, "Get Brandon Miller off my board. I want that guy." And he That's was such 10, a good anecdote. Ten playing with fourteen year olds, fourteen playing with seventeen year olds, seventeen playing with twenty year olds that are pros. I just like Scoot. S- Scoot has an it factor about him. Yeah, and, and I think they that, need well, the it factor well, more than anybody. Well, and that's the argument in favor of him for Charlotte as well, because with Miller and Lamelo, you wouldn't have necessarily that that leader. That, that guy to grow into a leader. You'd have kind of two more, you know, two islands, sh- chill guys yeah. who just do their own dude, thing. Dude, this is NFL. This is wherever it's like, no, no, they're going to take a defensive tackle second. And meanwhile, everyone wants a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, 
what happens. The quarterback goes in the spot because the quarterback always has the most value. And that's what Scoot is. Scoot's more... it factor has more value than Brandon Miller with these red flags around him. I thought the point that you made on one of the 20 podcasts you were on this week <laughs> was about how there's basically... I was on Dave Chang this week, too. <laughs> no, you're, dude, you're all over the place. <laughs> now, there's basically... It's one of those weird NBA drafts where there's three guys who would be a number one in a lot of other years. Because normally we'll have a year like the wiseman Lamelo year where it's like... Uh, somebody's got to go first. Like, uh, who do you like? This year, like all of these guys, I think would have gone first. Yeah. Probably in other drafts, right? I mean, I, mean, I, I think it's a great top of the draft. And not to mention yeah. the Thompson twins, yeah. Ahmed and Asar. I think both of them are insanely talented too. I, I like the top of this draft for Charlotte. Neither of them are like perfect fits, but they're both good fits. And I think with Scoot, I, like, I could tell who Tate wants. Well, oh, I won't Scoot. Well, I think with Scoot, that is the Miss Cupcheck won't Scoot. Are you, when are you too old to wear a jersey? <laughs> Uh, I think now I'm 30. I think it, I think it's Kyle, over. What's right, the Kyle, ruling on that? Over? I think it's over. Kyle says no every day. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's gonna <laughs> work. You ever seen Kyle happier? <laughs> he just got no. married. You're back. Yeah, like mm -hmm. look at him. He's no, so I mean, peaceful. Mon monogamy is back. You he know looks I mean? like, like Hanks. This, is, this <laughs> is the best thing to happen to marriage in a long time. <laughs> he looks like Hanks at the end of Castaway. He's just like like looking at the different roads and then it's just like completely peaceful. It's like a wiser Kyle. <laughs> I don't understand it, Kyle. Um. Wait, before we go quickly, because we, we talked to Celtics last night, um, we found out since then it's been kind of floated out there, reported that Smart was blindsided, which I thought was really interesting. And I think you and I have, you know, talked to some different people. It really seemed like part of this trade was they wanted to turn this team over to Tatum and Brown. Yeah. And Smart was such a forceful personality in in, in almost entirely good way, but he'd been there from the beginning. Mm -hmm. He felt like it was his team. It was those three guys. And I, I think they the feeling seems to be like we needed to change the energy a little bit with the team, not to mention all the Porzingis stuff that comes in and uh, Horford getting older, all the stuff we talked about yesterday. But I, I thought that was an interesting wrinkle to that. And it's a pretty great what if with the Clippers because I, there's all kinds of different things about Brogdon right now, but um, it seems like the Clippers just couldn't get a physical in time. It was like one of, like they had to basically get the trade done by midnight. They couldn't get a physical situation that they felt comfortable enough with. So they were like, fuck it, we're out. We don't know about his, his arm. But then the reports are he might actually be back for the season. So I don't know. I just feel like this kind of, sometimes things work out for a reason and sometimes they don't in sports. This might've been one of those works out for everybody's situations. You know what else that it said to me? Brad Stevens is unafraid to make those tough emotional moves. Yeah. We've seen Danny Ainge do that for years with some of the decisions that he needed to make, trading Perkins for Jeff Green, getting rid right. of Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. And it doesn't always work out. Sometimes it ends up being a mistake. But Brad Stevens doing this, trading Marcus Smart, as beloved as he is, with as the heart and soul of the team, being the leader he is, I think it, he this, at least indicates like, hey, I'm going to do what I think is best for this franchise to have a chance to win a title. Who's getting married in two months. Mm. That. That that's, dynamic will change. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be awkward. Yeah, we'll, we'll see who goes from the Celtics yep. side. Mm. We almost traded Kyle two months before his wedding, but we <laughs> kept him. We got a great offer. Somebody was offering us first rounders. Um, yeah, with the on the Celtics side, I think like my dad was bummed out today, but also felt like it was completely necessary. But he was like, "Man, we were just with the guy a long time." All my friends feel the same. Yeah, way. I was like, man, I just it was almost like a can't believe it's over. Like it was. He was kind of like a mascot as well as like the emotional leader. Yeah, and... he was the Tommy Points mascot. He really was. He was like the last connection to Heinsohn, and even, I don't know. Even the fact like he dyed his hair green for his mom. Like his mom mm. wanted to see his hair yeah. green. And I thought it was yeah. messed up. They dyed his hair blue. Uh, oh, like no, yeah. the, yeah, <laughs> I saw that. That was that was that's too far. 
It is one of those things we talked about a little yesterday, but like looking back, just a plus the, the nine years with Marcus, even though he probably took maybe a year and a half off my life. Ultimately, <laughs> like maybe I'll live to 85 now instead of 87 with some of the shot selection. <laughs> um, but for the most part, like a pretty amazing pick to get that guy the seventh pick and, and have somebody's, I was thinking about him in the context of like the great role players they've had. And, you know, he'll be in the conversation. And these are with teams that won titles and stuff like that. So um, it'll be fun to see him on Memphis. Verno is taking shots at us today. Love it. He didn't yeah. like our imitation of him. I, I can't wait to talk to him in the morning. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's probably going to be 30 minutes I of I can't Marcus wait Smart. for him to delete old tweets about Marcus Smart, about, you know, him being a flopper and all this Oh, yeah, he stuff. didn't like Marcus Smart, yeah, right? He really didn't. He's going to love him yeah. now. He's going to love know. him now. Well, he'll have some nicknames for Porzingis, too. <laughs> he will. Oh, what did he call him in the tweet? Uh, he, what was the phrase? He, it, was, it was something demeaning. <laughs> I don't. I can't tell if the imitations hit too close to home, or he was completely outraged at our southern accents. Probably, probably he, the back. He said, "Read it in the Verno said, voice." <laughs> yeah, no, no, you, you do it, Cam. Come on, Cam. See, let's hear it. Enjoy your hobbled stork. <laughs> hobbled stork. Verno. That's awesome. What a legend. All right, we'll be back. Um, unless there's another trade, we'll be back. We're going to start taping after the Celtics pick at number 25, which I can't wait. My dad today was so excited. Mm. My dad went to sleep. He didn't know about the trade and woke up. And not only we traded Marcus Smart, but we had a pick. And he's like, ah, I, I, I haven't done any research. I gotta, so now he's just deep He's like diving. texting you about Marcus Sasser. He's like, yeah. what do we know about Sasser? I sent him some names. And I was like, man, if we can trade up into the 15 range, mm. that's like Grady Dick could fall. Yeah. Hawkins could fall. Casey Wallace. Talking about a Marcus Bryce Smart Bryce Sensible is a name that One of those fall. guys is going to go like 16, 17. We're going to be like, yeah. whoa, that's crazy value. It's inevitable. Somebody's going to slip out of the lottery. There's yeah. just too many names that are in lottery consideration right now. So. I was One of the things, the subplots I was thinking is if one Thompson goes like fourth, but then the other one falls to like 14, I think it's irrevocable for them. I think they that's it. They probably don't hang out after that. <laughs> they blame the other they one for like intel. Within, yeah, they need to be within a couple slots of each other. If it's like a 10 spot difference, <laughs> it's I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah, I wonder like four or five, but then they have to do like the Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter, where they give each other oh, the hats. They, they trade be, for oh, yeah, each other. Right. That'd be nice. All right, this podcast was produced by a serene, mature, <laughs> and just super happy Kyle Creighton and we'll see you probably uh, after pick 25 thanks guys thanks Bill thanks Bill I wanna see them on a way